It's um, Lance from Fountain House, New York, uh, the Media and Technology Division, along with Robert Ferreira. Robert Ferreira is co-hosting today. Hey, Robert, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Robert Ferrara, and I'm from Media and Tech at Fountain House. Today, we are going to speak about mental hospitalization and relationships that occur in mental hospitals. I've been hospitalized three times since I was awarded an apartment and began therapy 10 years ago and still going to therapy till this day. Uh, it's been an integral part of my recovery. That's right. We've all had experience with this, and uh, it's a very interesting topic, a topic that not often gets uh, expounded on, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, also, I know Robert to be our uh, drummer for two bands within Fountain House, and so he's a multifaceted uh, person, and it's great to have him aboard today. So let's go to the callers. What do you think, Robert? Well, let's start off with what we have. Hello, this is Dave Rhines from Media and Tech Center at Fountain House. And I just uh, want to say I've met a lot of really, really cool people in the hospital. I My first hospitalization was at New York Presbyterian Hospital, or, or maybe it's Columbia Presbyterian on 168th Street. And I remember uh, there was a guy in there who was in the Rent play, and he was playing guitar and singing for everybody. And everyone was loving him, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, really nice guy. There was a, a model, really very pretty girl, who was on the ward, who uh, was really cool. I, I, I was, it was really cool getting to know her. Being on the ward is kind of cool in some ways because you have really very few responsibilities, and you can just talk to people and... Uh, you know, make friends. I have to say, though, most of the people I've talked to in the hospital, I'm, I'm not in contact with. I've tried to be in contact with them, but uh, no one has really called me back. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's a thing like, you know, it brings up kind of bad memories because the hospital is, is sometimes not a very nice place. I mean, I fell in love with a few women in the hospital. I, uh, I, I asked a girl if she wanted to make out once. <laughs> that was kind of creepy. I guess that's about it. All right. Thank you. Bye. I like Dave's call and not maintaining friends after the hospital uh, hospitalizations that I've been in. I think that is fairly common. I can't recall any friends and I made a ton of them in, 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 in the hospitals that I maintained thereafter. How about you, Robert? I like what Dave said about, um, you know, having some musician go in there and, and just play and make it a better environment. I mean, he was lucky to have that. I didn't I didn't have any of that. He's, you know, Dave is pretty free spirited. He actually sounded like he had a very good experience at these hospitals. I mean, I, I did not. My own personal hospitalizations, I felt silent and alone and sedated, uh, not welcoming. And the thing that really struck me was there was no support system inside the hospital when you're in the hospital. Uh, just looking for a psychiatrist is a major adventure. I remember one time I was in the hospital, a few times I was in the hospital. They just decided to release me on a particular day and 
They didn't even say follow up with a doctor. They didn't give me anything. I just went back out on the streets and became a homeless person once again. Yeah, that can be a real drag. Uh, nobody likes to tell you who is doing what on the ward. They like you to figure that out for yourself. And a common uh, question is what day it is or what date is, is it? And there's no calendars to be found anywhere. You know, um, it's a challenging existence. But uh, as for Dave's uh, call, I believe that, you know, this is fairly common not to have the friendships last into as after the hospitalization. As for falling in love, well, that is quite easy for all of us to do in the hospital everywhere. We're all in highly, highly vulnerable states and our emotions are running amok. So because you've got two people in highly vulnerable states, it's very easy to fall in love. So that's happened to me about four times. So I can relate to that. Hi, this is Davida Kilgore. I spent time at a psychiatric unit at New York Presbyterian Hospital, and the connection I made was the reconnection with my art. Uh, once I got to a point where I was allowed to use sharps in the hospital, they taught me how to latch hook. And I went through so many latch hook kits that they finally just gave me the canvas and some yarn and some markers and told me to design my own that latch hook. And I did a really beautiful design with peacocks and angels and uh, fairies and just all kinds of spiritual things floating around. And so if I hadn't been in the hospital, I would never have reconnected with my art in such a way that I was doing it every day. So my hospital stay was advantageous in more ways than one. It worked with my mental health, and my mental health works when I'm creating art. I'm at my best when I'm creating art and making art and living and breathing art. And I made that connection while in the hospital, so I was thankful for that stay. So that's all I have to say on this message. I'm going to call you back and give you one more story. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks. Reconnecting with art is uh, something we get to do while we're at the hospital because, first of all, we've got the time now to do it. And I think most of us reconnect with a creative pursuit. I remember doing this Indian chief painting, uh, full headdress, and I doubt I could ever do that if uh, I wasn't in the hospital. And I, uh, one of my pieces still hangs up at uh, Bellevue. It's framed and uh, glass covered, and uh, it was floating, floating islands. And it said uh, in uh, in in chalk, uh, not in chalk, but in pastel. The candle that burns in both ends burns twice as bright, but only for half as long. And uh, they kept that up. And so I applaud Davida in uh, reconnecting and. Uh, I've seen her works, you know, she's quite established. And so here's a positive spinoff of hospitalizations. How about you, uh, Robert? Did you ever have anything positive that uh, went on? Me, myself, I do remember in, in one hospitalization that um, they did enter us into an art room and we did drawings and I felt it was the highlight of the day. Unfortunately, um, we had a time restriction 
and it was, you know, back out into the hallway with the rest of the population. I like Davida's experience. I, I really think that's great. She found herself in art and design and she used it as motivation to continue her recovery. And I think that's just tremendous. Another another upside to Davida. Ha <laughs> ha. Go Davida. Hi, this is Davida Kilgore again. This is the second connection I made while in the psychiatric unit at New York Presbyterian. Well, no, I'm take that back. I'm sorry. I was in the psych unit at a hospital here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, in St. Paul, Minnesota, I was in the psychiatric unit, and I met a pregnant woman. I'm not going to give you her name. And it turned out she was pregnant by an actor who had come into town to do a talk at one of the local colleges. And she spent the night with him, got pregnant. He just abandoned her, told her that the baby wasn't his. And she went on and had the baby. And she gave the baby to me to watch while she was making up her mind whether or not she was going to keep it. It was a big head little baby boy, just as cute as he wanted to be, considering his father was so homely. But the baby was just gorgeous. And she finally decided to keep the baby. And she and I stayed connected for a long time because I helped her through a situation. And I found that when I'm in the psychiatric unit at hospitals, I tend to end up helping people so I can avoid helping myself. And it took me a long time and many hospitalizations to learn that because I was more concerned with what was happening with everybody else. And I suppose, but in part, that's what led to me being a therapist once I grew up, whatever grow up actually means, when I got my social work license and became a therapist. And it reminded me of the times when I was in the hospital and connected with other people who were there. And those connections were very precious to me. And I stayed in touch with people after I got out of the hospital. And so being in the hospital just showed me what my future was going to look like, even though I didn't realize it at that time because I had no intentions of being a therapist. So that connection I made with her and keeping the baby was just a milestone in my life and such a precious memory of being in the hospital in St. Paul, Minnesota. So that's all I have for this edition. Thanks. Bye-bye. Davida, you said something golden and huge, and this is so huge for me and a lot of other people. You said, I ended up helping people so I could avoid helping myself. Wow. I can relate, so relate to people that it's so much easier to try to solve someone else's problems than to have to look at your own and have to deal with your own. And look what the spinoff became. She became a, 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 a licensed social worker and became a therapist out of this. I, I, I don't see what's better than that, Robert. What, what about you? This is a tremendous story. Uh, I just, I can't believe the amount of levels that she, she went to to become a therapist. I mean, and all out of the worst situation possible, which is 
being hospitalized, you know, taking care of the baby and helping others, which helped her. And then she just took it to a whole nother level and became a, a, a social worker and a therapist is just, uh, that is a tremendous story. Thank you, Davida. My name is Holly Weiss, and I'm a member of the Fountain House Wellness Unit and also the Silver Center. Um, I had I made a fantastic connection when I was hospitalized in 2014 in Brooklyn's Brookdale Hospital Psychiatric Unit. I was befriended by a woman who, as it turned out, I knew from my local synagogue. Uh, she was an aide uh, on the unit, and my God, did she make my stay fabulous. She was right at my side whenever I needed her. She acclimated me to the unit. She was just fabulous in giving me peace of mind. She was a friend, a steadfast friend. She did everything in her power to make my stay there comfortable and effective. And actually, I had been hospitalized in two other hospitals a few months prior to that uh, for the same episode of my bipolar depression. And there was no comparison that her friendship and loyalty made all the difference in my stay there. And we became very good friends. Um, not only did we see each other in the community at um, services, in the shul, in the uh, synagogue, but, you know, I became very good friends with her daughter. And I'm currently uh, serving on the New York State Office of Mental Health Regional Communications Committee with her daughter, who is also a certified peer specialist. I became a certified peer specialist. So that's my story, and I'm ever so grateful for having met her on the ward. Okay, thank you. Okay, wow. Uh, another, another upbeat story here. Yeah, she met, a, she met an aide. Holly met an aide. And they became good friends, and now they work together. And Holly was another one who absolutely took it to another level and became a peer specialist. So not only did she meet someone that is now her friend that she works with, she also became a peer specialist. That's another really, really upbeat story. What do you think, Lance? I agree. And she's with the New York State Offices of Mental Health. Wow, that's the highest echelon one can get uh, being a peer specialist. Whatever the case may be, uh, what we're finding here through this podcast is people have made pivotal changes of their lifestyle and life careers specifically because of the relationships they made while in the hospital. Good point, Lance. Very good point. It's amazing. Let's go to our next caller. Hi, this is Chiquita Williams calling uh, about uh, the question, have you spent time in a psychiatric unit of a hospital? Tell us about connections you made while you were there. Um, so this is an interesting uh, connection that I made. Um, in my second hospitalization, which was in 20, uh, 2006, at Columbia uh, Medical Center, uh, New York Presbyterian Columbia Medical Center. 
I was um, asked if I wanted to see a chaplain. And at the time, I was a practicing Muslim, and they had a Muslim chaplain. Um, and so I said yes, and I met with him. Um, his name was Kareem, and uh, he came to see me multiple times while I was in the hospital. I think that was a particularly long hospitalization, if I am remembering correctly. And so he came to see me several times. And uh, we wound up establishing a relationship once I left the hospital. So he became a spiritual mentor to me. Um, he taught me how to read and write Arabic. He taught me how to do my prayers correctly. He was a person who was a confidant and who I could talk to and rely on uh, whenever I was having trouble or um, feeling uh like I had um, questions or concerns about religious matters. And so he really took a lot of time to supporting me and helping me um, at that time in my illness. And so we had a very strong relationship for about 10 years. Uh, recently, we have kind of lost touch. Um, I did speak to him very briefly at some point last year during the pandemic, but then we just kind of you know, kept leaving each other messages and weren't able to connect in person. But that was just a really valuable support for me to have uh, because so much of psychiatry and psychology is about the secular and they don't really explore and help you through the spiritual domains of your health and wellness. And so it was just a wonderful thing to be able to have this person who was supportive of me um, he even made home visits. He came to my family's garden that they steward. You know, he, he met my mom. And so just to have someone who was there and supportive and helping me work through that dimension of my illness, or of my wellness, rather, was extremely helpful. So thank you. Chiquita also has an upbeat story. She speaks about a chaplain that she met who became a mentor to her spiritually and not only a, a mentor, a confidant, and she maintained a relationship for 10 years with this person, helping her through her recovery. This is another amazing story that just mind boggles me because, you know, my adventures in hospitals have been anything but upbeat. Anything, Lance? I'm uh, inspired that anybody that gets to a spiritual level from being in the hospital, that's just a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. This is Mario Fontana. I just wanted to talk about my latest hospitalization where I, uh, I met some other people and quickly started bonding and... and speaking to them in their own language, speaking five languages, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, and French. I met uh, one of the workers at the, at the ward was uh, from Haiti. And uh, I started speaking with him uh, since the very beginning in French. We would discuss Haitian culture and American culture. We would talk about goals after I leave the, the ward and stuff like that. and waking up almost every morning and doing half an hour at the bicycle machine uh, to keep myself in shape. I was doing a lot of dips next to my bed. 
I connected with uh, art and uh, started sharing some of my artistic uh, skills uh, into the, the, the art group. And uh, I also met this other lady from Haiti who was blind and uh, I sort of became her eyes and I would uh, guide her around and, and speak French to her and discuss uh, French culture and mental illness and other things that we were both interested on. And then there was this Mexican guy who I wrote a poem and, and showed it to him and asked him if he wanted to write some poetry. And we started exchanging poems. And uh, I met this, this other guy also. He was from Barcelona. And uh, we started speaking in Spanish. And uh, right away we, we became good friends. And, and so I met a lot of nice friends in the ward, you know. Uh, with, 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 my fr with people being my friends, uh, we could help each other through the experience of being in a mental ward and uh, give each other feedback and receive receive feedback. Uh, I have to say I, I blended in quite well into the hospital, into the hospital mental ward. So I just wanted to share that and uh, I hope this helps other people that went to the ward, that have to go to the psychiatric ward. Uh, have a great day. Always try to reach out and, and uh, good luck. I think Mario must have been a savant of a sort. You know, five languages, having that ability alone is just amazing. And to be able to approach people in their own language is such a, a boon to his ability to communicate more effectively. And what I also liked, and uh, not a lot of people are touching on this, Mario is the only one that so far has said that he's kept himself in shape while in the hospital doing dips and uh, staying in shape, you know, and that's very easy to overlook when you're in one of those environments. And uh, I applaud him for that. What do you think, Robert? I think that Mario's experience was also very, very unique. And the fact that, you know, he knows, number one, how to speak all of these different languages. And number two, there were other people there that also spoke these other languages. And he used it as a, a form of recovery. And he made the statement that, you know, recovery is a whole lot quicker when you are mending with other people that are in the hospital with you. And that is, that's the big statement that I got from him. That is the absolute truth. I think that if you are in the right situation, in the right environment, it will help you to get better sooner. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, and that's a, a very poignant uh, thing that he said and great observation. I thank him for that co uh, comment. So this is how we work it at Fountain House. Uh, this will be my last podcast. And now Robert goes on to do another podcast. Each one of us has the ability to do two podcasts within our unit at fountainhouse.org. And within fountainhouse.org, you'll find the media and technology unit, which we are a part of. And within that unit is the podcast group, which we are coming to you from the podcast group here. So I have done my two um, podcasts and I 
turn it over to the very capable hands and friendly hands of Mr. Robert Ferreira, and I wish him well. And I would uh, urge you to uh, share these podcasts with other like-minded people and or your family and friends. Robert? Well, reiterating what uh, Lance said, this is what happens to us at hospitals when we have mental illnesses. There are uh, very different experiences that people have. They have developed the relationships. And basically, if you develop a relationship while you're at the hospital stay, not only is the hospital stay that much better, but it helps you to recover sooner and it helps you to bond into regular society and hopefully elevate you to another level of recovery which is what happened to a few of the members i think that's that's really tremendous i do too and uh thanks for that uh re-encapsulation of what uh this was about and uh this is going to be uh, interesting as we go forward with these podcasts. I, I just like to say to the listening viewership one thing, and that was uh, we have been given a challenging illness, and there is no other option than to meet those challenges. And who said that? Carrie Fisher. I leave you all with that. Do you think my shoes look funny? They're made of Velcro and they're not my size. This bear claw is going straight to my thighs. We meet every day, 11 a.m. You don't complain about the shape I'm in. My hair's a mess, all I do is sleep. If you'd like to get in touch with us regarding this podcast, or have any questions or concerns for the voices within, just email us at fhstudios at fountainhouse.org. The music in this podcast was used with the permission of Isa Ibrahim and Greg Stanger. <laughs>